Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Fragments of Silicon. Dial 1 for yes, dial 2 for yes, but. Welcome to another installment of Fragments of Silicon. Another Tuesday installment at that. Also, I'm not even sure what you're going for there, Gollix. Uh, it was, I guess, a little bit too cerebral for the time in the morning when I tried <laughs> to produce it. Uh, yes, we'll go with that excuse anyway. <laughs> yeah. Look, I got like four hours of sleep last night. Fair enough, fair enough. Anyway, so yeah. Um, welcome to what we're informally calling Fear Effect Week on the show, mainly because both of our shows are going to be centered around that. That wasn't a, that wasn't planned, by the way. That just kind of happened. <laughs> anyway, so uh, with us on Tuesday here are um, a couple of blokes from Sushi, the developer who's um, masterminding the Kickstarter that's going on right now. Um, we've got uh, Benjamin and uh, um, Moesty. Yeah, yeah, but, but, hello. Hello. hello, hello, everyone. Yeah, right. So, uh, what do you both do with Sushi? So, uh, I, I'm Benjamin. I'm the CEO of Sushi, project director for uh, Guisha, our first game in Fear Effect 2. And uh, and uh, Moiti uh, is the artistic director for for the for the company. Okay. All right. So, we'd like to start our interviews asking how people. Uh, asking the backgrounds of uh, our guests. So, how did you both get interested in video games in the first place? So I, um, I, I was in, yeah. Uh, sorry, um, it's it, it's a long story. I went into video games a very few times ago. Uh, I was uh, originally working in as a freelance artist. Um, and I met Benjamin a few a few years, years ago, yeah, yeah. <laughs> years ago now, uh, to work on Goetia. So uh, it it went well, and I joined the company uh, in, uh, yeah six months ago, something like that, uh, to be their lead designer. And so yeah, it's uh, it's quite new for me, new uh, as, uh, like two years, I think. Yeah. What? Um, uh, in fact, we 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 worked with with uh, Muiti uh, two years during two years uh, in co-producing the game. We he, he was not in the company. He's in the, only uh, in six uh, months. Um, and me, I I started the company eight years ago. Um, it was 
before it was a company, we were making, uh, you know, websites, mobile applications. And three years ago, we decided to, to, to create video games. Uh, first, for companies, we made several other games, serious games. I don't know if you, you know uh, uh, the terms, but yeah. uh, two years ago, yes, when, I, when we, we met uh, uh, Moiti, uh, we decided to, to make a game in, 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 uh, in uh, his universe, in fact, uh, with a story he had in, in mind. Yeah, uh, I, I came with the idea, and, uh, and I, need, uh, I needed a developer. So. Yeah, exactly. I think it was a good, um, good thing this day. And we started working with Square Enix. Uh, two years ago, um, in the collective platform, uh, which is uh, the label they have to to, um, to detect uh, indie uh, studios and publish indie studios, mm-hmm. and so uh, we started working with them two years ago. And two weeks ago, uh, our game was published by Square Enix, so uh, we are very very happy. Um, and and two weeks ago too, uh, uh, we started the. Uh, the perfect uh, campaign. Um, yeah, it's. I think we 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 are very bound with with Krennic. Yeah, I gotta admit I was surprised to you know to see the fear uh, the fear effect thing hit you know like during the interview period. Anyway, yeah, so we know we're friends with the collective. We've had Phil on the pro- program a couple of times now and. He's coming back in June. Um, mm-hmm. And anyway, uh, well, what attracted you specifically to the Square Enix Collective versus, say, self-publishing or running the Kickstarter yourself? You know, how did you find out about them? Uh, in fact, it it has never been a question for us because um, we we know that we we know how to make video games. I think uh, uh, in terms of uh, Conception and developing, and but we know too that we don't know how to sell the game. So we we are very uh, sure that we wanted to find a publisher. Uh, the question was uh, which publisher, and um, we discussed with several publishers. But when we had the you know the proposal from Squanix, uh, we didn't hesitate very in time. <laughs> Indeed, and uh, and so we're working with them, and it, I think it's very very important for a studio to work with a company like Squanix because in terms of polishing the game, QA localization, they are very very precious. Oh yes, yes, uh, and so we've heard how the collective works from the top, and uh, now I want to hear how the process works from somebody who's actually run the gauntlet, so to speak. You know, like. What does what it all entail? Um, I, in fact, I, I, it is, the, the development process was very, very cool with Krenik. It was very, uh, very nice to work with the, with the teams. There are uh, five in the team currently, so uh, it's becoming quite a large team uh, because Phil was alone uh, just uh, one, one or one year and a half ago. Uh, and it was very cool. Um, in terms of uh, sales, it's pretty pretty young. In fact, in fact, we released the game just two weeks ago, so we, it's right. pretty soon to to have an idea. But uh, uh, I, we are very very happy and proud of Goetia, and we really think that Square Enix and Square Enix collective team uh, is an important part of uh, of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they they very quickly. Uh, 
they they understood our game uh, quite well, and they they never they trusted us from the very beginning for this game, and they never we said something like uh, change this or uh, you you should do more like this or we we will we were very very free uh, artistically speaking. Yeah. Uh, that's the vibe I got from the collective, you know, in spite of their maybe Borgy name. They're a pretty, you know, loose group of a major conglomerate, which is kind of surprising, actually. Uh, I think I think it's very important for them to because they they're working with indie teams and mm-hmm. they are not working as a as a publisher with who's funding the game, but as a publisher. Um, uh, we, we like uh, you know like a, a service provider, not not uh, as a traditional publisher. So it's very important for them to understand the market, to understand how indie studios work, uh, and to help indie studios. But it's a very different way of working than uh, their traditional publishing uh, task. So okay. um, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, and all right, so let's talk about your first game. Uh, uh, is it Goetia or is it Goetia? It's an excellent question. We're, <laughs> we're not sure of it. Yeah, uh, we, we, we say Goetia because uh-huh. uh, apparently Goetia is how it is pronounced. In uh, French, I think, we, I think yeah. Wikipedia said it's Goetia. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. refer to the general concept. Yeah, we've been trying to figure this out for a few weeks now. <laughs> okay, well, let's say Goetia. <laughs> All right, so for the record, it's Goetia then. All right. Anyway, so um, where did the idea for this game first come from? Um, yeah, I, I I work on I worked on like it's been a while. I was I've been working on two uh, D visuals. Uh, it was in the beginning. It was just uh, images, and uh, I wanted to 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 imitate the two D looks of Castlevania or Metroidvania games. Uh, and I had this huge mansion I didn't know what to do with. Uh, I wanted people to be able to, to get into it, to, to enter it and explore it, really. So the, the, the very first idea was to, to give life to this, uh, to, to this mansion. Um, so it was only a visual concept. I wanted it to be a, a gameplay concept. And a mansion uh, is often related to like ghost stories or something. So it was it was normal for us to go for a ghost story. And the idea of uh, crossing walls and possessing objects came very early. Uh, in like a week or two weeks, we knew what where we were going to go. Yeah, and what what's interesting is that. In two weeks, we had the pitch of the game. So we, you play as a ghost. So as a ghost, you can cross walls and 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 floors, but uh, you don't have inventory. You have to to possess items. Uh, and you and the the whole concept of the game is to how do I make to bring one item to another room uh, while um, I cannot cross walls and uh, I have to open doors, etc. So it allows us to make um, a big exploration game because it's I think it's one keyword of the game. Um, but uh, to have some unique uh, gameplay concepts too. Uh, indeed, uh, I've actually been playing through the game for a, a review we're doing on Sunday, 
and I actually rather like the concept. It's it's a nice twist on the whole inventory system of uh, adventure games. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a, it's a main main uh, feature of the game. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you you have you have several features, including the the, the the fact that you can explore almost all the manor uh, directly. You don't you don't really unlock areas, but you have a big exploration area available immediately. And and uh, and I think we we made a lot of we put a lot of effort in the story to uh, I think you saw you saw that when, when you played the game. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's, def- it's definitely a big twist on the way that most adventure games do things, where mm-hmm. being able to get places at all is a lot of the big thing. It, whereas here, it's yeah not hard to get places, but sometimes you might have a hard time bringing things yeah, to the place because you need to do that to solve something. It's one of the more mechanically interesting adventure games I've played this uh, year, and I've actually played a lot of adventure games. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, what is, uh, what's the story of Yotia? Uh, um, you know, what, what's the what's the plot and the synopsis and all that stuff? So you play you you play the part of a small girl that died at twelve, uh, and who who wakes up in front of her childhood manor uh, 40 years later and there's no one home. And weird things start start happening, like uh, weird symbols written on the walls, uh, weird research that her family uh, started to, 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 to explore uh, in the later, in the, in, in the last uh, weeks or months. And uh, and also it's it's uh, 1941, so it's uh, it's in the middle of World War Two, and it's it's important for the background of the of the stories. It's like uh, what does the countryside could could have looked like uh, mm-hmm. uh, when you mix it with occult themes and uh, uh, when when the, when reality, uh, not so far reality, uh, collides with something more fantastic and occult. Right now, what what sort of influences uh, did you have on this story? Like, is, you know, is it like Lovecraftian or Edgar Allan Poe, yeah, not, so on and so forth? Uh, story-wise, I, I I don't really know. I I read lots. Of uh, fantastic literature and ghost story and uh, old ghost movies like uh, uh, like the fifties uh, haunted mansion movies um, and yeah lots of stories our parents told us too uh, parents and grandparents uh, because it was a it was a time where uh, the occult and uh, invocating spirits was uh, uh, was very 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 popular, like with uh, Ouija boards and uh, uh, calling spirits and uh, and all the like. And it's more more a story that I heard around me, and uh, uh, even TV shows about ghost stories could have uh, influenced me. Mm. Yeah. Now this is a ghost story, but would you call it a, like a horror story? Like mm-hmm. not uh, not really. No, it's not. It's not horror. It's more like something something odd. Uh, there's something disturbing in the atmosphere, but it's not horror. Uh, that's, the, that's the sense I got, because I'm like, there's definitely an off-kilter sense about everything, but I never got the sense that, you know, I was supposed to be in terror at things. Mm. 
also is kind of be hard to be scared when you're a ghost yourself. Indeed. <laughs> uh, it does provide a nice contrast from the last adventure game I played. Uh, have either of you ever heard of a game series called The Last Door? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. I like yeah. played that recently, recently. Very traditional approach, but yeah, it's, uh, mm-hmm. definitely worth playing. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of what I like about this. The, you know, The Last Door had a really interesting story, but was pretty route when it came to the mechanics, but this mm. is, like, like I said, I, I can't remember the last time I played such a physics-oriented uh, adventure game. And, well, I, I'm sort of wondering, is there an actual physics engine in this game? Um, you know, it's developed by with Unity, so, um, mm-hmm. but it's not for the. I think the, the physical part of the game is not really, really uh, um, a big feature. It's pretty simple because we want it to, to, to be simple. Um, but we use Unity more for the porting possibilities. Uh, it's already available on PC and Mac and soon on uh, on Linux. Uh, and maybe, we don't know, one day on mobile, so we can imagine what we want. Oh. But the, the, the physics wasn't the, the core of the game. Uh, it, it, it's a plus. It, yeah. it, just, it, it can be fun at times, but... We just wanted to, to when you release an, an item, it, 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 so it, it goes on, on the ground, but uh, you, you see that sometimes it's, um, you have items that are not falling, uh, they are still, still um, in front of you. You know, it's not a uh, very logical physics, but it's, uh, I think it, it does the job. Right. And uh, what version of Unity are you using? Uh, I think for the, I'm not the dev. Uh, I may ask my dev team, but I think it's uh, version four for for this one, and uh, for Fear Effect, it's on the five. Mm. Sounds about right. No. I'm like, it was also nice to, uh, to play a Unity game that didn't have performance issues. Mm. No, that's kind of been a thing with Unity five games, from what I've been hearing. Like, performance is kind of an issue, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so is it particularly uh, hard or easy to use the tool set to Unity? I'm, I can't say it's easy or difficult, but it's a choice we made. When, to be honest, when we started, and I think it's a, scoop, it's a scoop just for you, when we started developing the game, we were making it in Flash. So uh, it was tw- two years ago, and we were thinking about making something like Machinarium did. Yeah, and a better game. Yeah. But uh, as it grows uh, uh, bigger and bigger, and now it's, it's uh, 7 uh, giga, uh, gigabytes, so uh, I think a flash wouldn't have supported. Um, but yeah, it's it, it we made, but when we create game, we, tools are not very important. What is important is the gameplay and the story we want to tell. Um, we choose Unity, but maybe for our next game after Fair Effect, it will be Unreal or whatever. It's not a problem for us, really. Noted, noted. And uh, let's see. Uh, how did you go? Uh, how many people uh, worked on this game in total? Um, we are 10 people in the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, d- during two, two years, while, while we were developing the game, um, we, all, we also uh, we were working for companies to, you know, to make other games. So... Uh, we were not 10 people during two years, but uh, we, we had uh, three people almost full-time. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And at the end uh, of the development, since uh, I think we started uh, in October, November, November, we were at uh, t 10 people on, on the game, working on the game. That's a fair amount for a game like this. Yeah. Like, I've certainly heard of adventure games made with less people. Yeah, I, I think so. But I, I know, I know that if we were, if if we, we could have worked ten people on on the game world time, full time, uh, I think in in uh, in something like nine months we could have released the game. But uh, yeah, sure. yeah it, it was it was difficult back then. But it's more easier now because we are just working on our game. We we completely stopped um, making adverse games and serious games. So we are just working on Fear Effect, and the whole team is working on Fear Effect currently. Oh, good to hear. Good to hear. Uh, let's see. Uh, what was the most challenging aspect of uh, Godie uh, in terms of development? Uh, I think I think it it was a pre, uh, not very difficult game to develop. In fact, it was pretty easy to develop. Uh, I think the, the the main difficulty was the the, the amount of assets we had to create and Thibaut had to create yeah, yeah. Uh, for, for the game. When we started speaking with Krenix about what we wanted to, the story we wanted to tell, and we said we plan to make one, 120 um, uh, rooms in the game, they told us, uh, you guys are crazy, you, we, will ne we will never uh, make um, it. It's too big for an indie game. But we said the story we want to tell, we need, uh, we need this amount of rooms. So, um, it was a lot of work in terms of art. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, definitely. And uh, also, also the, um, the the balance of uh, of puzzles was was the hard part for me. Like uh, you you imagine a puzzle or an enigma, and you realize it's your own logic, and it it's not logic for all for people in front of you. So. Uh, confronting other people on the team, working together, and it has made made it way easier. But it was a it was a, a complicated part. Yeah. And, we, and we made some playtests. But you know, when when you, your game lasts 10 hours or 15 hours, you cannot make playtests easily. So uh, we we stopped playtests uh, very soon in the de in the development. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was. Only uh, the demo has been playtest. Yeah. And, and the last point, which was very difficult, I think, is uh, it was the fact that Thibaut were uh, working was working on on, on photographies, and we didn't want the game to be just several photographies put uh, aside, uh, one to another, and we wanted to have a sort of living in the in the in the in the manner. And yeah, it, it was difficult to find which effects to add to have this feeling. It was pure image, so giving life to it was kind of a challenge. Mm -hmm. Uh, tell me more about the uh, the transposition process you used. Uh, the, sorry, sorry, excuse me, I didn't understand the. Uh, how did you uh, take the photos into the game? Mm. Oh, uh, it's mostly my own photographs. I I've been a photographer for uh, maybe six or seven years, and I accumulated uh, images of. Furniture, doors, uh, trees, uh, various objects, and I mixed them, like uh, editing all the photographs, mixing them, mixing them together, uh, something kind of like matte painting, and um, and yeah, and that's the result. Hmm. Well, it's a uh, it's a really uh, 
good-looking game. Thanks. Uh, going back to the puzzles now, uh, they're not all, you know, bring the object to point A or point B kind of puzzles, are they? No, no. We wanted to be to 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 vary the puzzles. It's like if we have used this uh, this mechanic too often, uh, it would have been boring. Uh, it, we we really wanted to to. The main objective was to have people write things on the notebook uh, and think about the puzzles while while they were not playing. Mm-hmm. So the whole symbol and uh, weird writings concepts uh, came from the from this idea. Yeah, and uh, they definitely get tricky later on. Like uh, yeah. I'm in the I'm trying to think the Iron Corridor or uh, like the Place of Iron or something like that. And the puzzles definitely took a jump in difficulty. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and, but you know, you, we saw a, um, a streamer uh, who, who um, two days before the release date, we made in one night the, the game. There was no there were, were no walkthrough uh, available on on Steam or now. If you if you're stuck, you you have on on Steam forums you have yeah. the the, the, the solution. Find a solution. But uh, he made it in in 15 hours without stopping uh, play, playing. So it was it was incredible for us to see that two, two days before the launch time. Mm-hmm. There are definitely the dedicated out there. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, right, so, uh, the music, how, how did the soundtrack get created for this game? Hello? Hello? I'm still here. Um, did Benjamin, as am I. Did we lose them? Um, they look like they're still in the call. Huh. Uh, guys? Uh, <laughs> there we go. Uh, sorry um, for those listening at, at this juncture. Uh, looks like they're having a bit of uh, technical problems. Uh, oh. Ah. Hello? 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 Uh, yeah, sorry. You uh, kind of uh, dropped out there. Oh, okay, yeah. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, as I was asking, um, how how was the soundtrack to this uh, game created? Uh, so yeah, we 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 met a musician. Um, actually, I did some cover art for his, for his previous album. Uh, he his name is Sombering Sail, and he's more into progressive rock. And uh, uh, and yeah, um, so I thought it fitted the the atmosphere I wanted to create. We wanted to create um, because we had the same influences, the same musical influences. I was sure I was gonna have what. I, what we wanted exactly. Hmm. And what sort of music uh, did you want for the game? Uh, I don't know if you know the the the, the, the bands. Uh, there's one called Opeth. Uh, the other one, no, a musician called Stephen Wilson as, uh, as well. Uh, it's there's this mix of uh, of nostalgia and um, uh, I don't have the right terms in English for uh, for musical terms. Um, yeah, lots of ambient stuff uh, mixed with progressive uh, rock, and it uh, it fitted well because 
Probably just because we were used to imagine that that kind of uh, of, of pictures in in our minds uh, listening to this. So it, maybe it's personal, but I think it 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 works really well with the with the with the global atmosphere. Yeah, I I think it does, and I'm like, it's not like how do I put this stereotypical yeah. hard music. Yeah, we wanted to avoid like uh, the the usual piano, creepy mm-hmm. piano song, or uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it, 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 we 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 really wanted to avoid that too. <laughs> I can understand. Yeah, it, it it fits, but it it is kind of played out. Yeah. Right. Um, so, uh, how big is this game? How uh, how long would it take a first time player to get through it. And it depends. Oh, sorry, it, yeah, it, it depends. Depends a lot on on your logic in your uh, if you're used to that kind of game or not. A new player could probably spend fifteen or twenty hours uh, without walkthrough. Uh, with walkthrough and people not looking at it too often, I'd say it's between eight and twelve hours. Hmm. I, I could definitely see that. I think I put in about ten hours, and I'm a couple areas through. But then again, I tr- I tend to take my time with adventure games when I can. Mm-hmm. Although I'm probably going to have to speed things up because, well, you know, on a deadline. So. Mm-hmm. It it's just one of the one of the natures of the beast when you're reviewing stuff. Now, sometimes you don't get the chance to really partake in the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, so I assume uh, the translation was handled by the collective. Most clinics, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, what other aspects did they help with in regards to uh, Goetia? Aside from the translation, you mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, did, did they do like QA or? Um... Yeah, exactly. They, they um, in fact, uh, they made a lot of things. They, they are in charge of every marketing aspect. And it includes uh, it includes um, uh, for for example uh, game forecast. You know, when, before uh, at the middle of the development, we want to to know how many uh, many copies we could, could be sent or what's the average um, uh, reviews we can have on websites. And they are doing this. Uh, they are doing the, the marketing uh, uh, social networks. And doing um, uh, yeah everything about the marketing and the press, press release of course uh, and they have the they are, ma- they are making the QA it's very important for us because uh, as a small studio we don't have uh, many many resources for the QA and it, yeah we uh, like the experience yeah it was very cool to to, to work with them about that uh, we have a, a producer at Quenix Des Des Gale uh, who uh, worked. Very hard on the game uh, during the last months and um, localization, and I think it's. Uh, yeah, so that's about all. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Mm. Oh, that's uh, that's quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of work for them, sure. <laughs> well, uh, I uh, I would presume that they have the capacity to handle. 
They have the capacity, but you, as I said, it's a very small team. It's not Squenix mm -hmm. World or, or Squenix yeah. Japan. It's, it's collective. It's five people, uh, four or five people in uh, in uh, in London, and uh, and yeah, they're really really dedicated. They're working a lot and working a lot for us. So it's very very nice to to work with them for for that. Oh, uh, and well, how does it feel to have the game out after two years of development? I must say that the, when we pressed the release button, it was very strange. Um, Lucy was our main writer of the game, uh, and she did post. Uh, she posted a, a Facebook statue saying she was crying for for two two hours because it, yeah, it, we we have a lot of involvement in the game, and it was very strange to 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 know that it didn't belong to us anymore. It it was uh, now it was. The players who, who were uh, trying to to complete it, and and we yes we we hope they they, they like it, but I think it's okay, so so that's okay. Mm. This is a story I've heard before. Now, and in fact, there's like a sort of, they call it like post-release depression. Like you know, you've been working on a project for so long, and when it yeah. finally gets released, you, you're kind of uh, not sure Maybe what to do. Yeah, it's, it's kind of very blue. Yep. And for me, we, we, I'm, you know, I'm game director, and I think financing is, is the most important part of my job. Uh, not like Thibaut was working uh, in term artistically on 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 the on the project. And even for me, uh, it was the first time I I I said to myself, uh, it was not not just a product from Sushi. It was an artistic. Uh, um, it was yes, a, a piece of art that we are releasing, and 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 it was kind of difficult, uh, yeah, uh, two two weeks ago. Mm. I don't doubt it. I, I mean, this is this isn't some uh, product you turned out for, say, Red Bull or you know, yeah. uh, a client. This was a piece of your own soul. Exactly, and the, the comparison is exactly uh, that's exactly the point because. We worked one year full time on Red Bull, for example. But when we released it, we were just—it was just a relief. We were uh, uh, we were happy it was over. But uh, for this product, for the first time, I wasn't happy it was over. <laughs> I I wanted to to say, okay, uh, let's work uh, six months uh, more on the on the project. Um, but we have to to think about fear effect, and so yeah. And uh, now that players played again, and we see that the reviews are all positive, we are. I'm very proud and very happy. Yeah, like I said, it's it's one of the better adventure games I've played uh, this year. And like I said, uh, thank you. Yeah, you know. And uh, well, how is, uh, do you know how the game has been faring in the marketplace, or has, or do you still need a bit more time before you get the numbers back? Yeah, um, we we um, no we 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 are not we we do not the the the, the sales currently. Yeah, the, we I think we will have a report in 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 several weeks. But uh, um, but honestly, we were more worried about the reviews and especially the difficulty of the game and the artistic aspect. And we see that everyone seems to love the game, so it's very very important for us. Maybe the most important part for us. Right. Uh, and I suppose the question of like, uh, would you be open to bringing this game to like mobile or uh, consoles? 
I presume that would have to wait because of the whole fear effect thing. Um, yeah, we, we, we are working very hard on fear effect currently, but, but we, we have some time to, to, to work on, on GUIs yet because we are correcting bugs, uh, small bugs uh, that were remaining on, in the game. Um, and we are working on, on uh, especially on the Linux port currently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, mobile is definitely an option for, for later, but I think that Perfect is going to, to take all our time for the, uh, for the next year. So, uh, um, but who knows, maybe, I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh -oh. did, did they drop again? Uh, no. uh, yeah. yeah, there you are. Sorry. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Sometimes that happens. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, uh, right. So I suppose we should move on to fear effects. All right. Um, well, uh, there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, I'll be honest. Like, I suppose we should start with your pitch. Um, what did you pitch to, to the collective? Um, first, I have to say that our first pitch is one year old. So, you know, when a, a collective uh, made the announcement of the three IPs of mm -hmm. ADOS, uh, it was in, back in February um, 14, right. uh, 15th, sorry. Uh, so, um, uh, so it was a long time ago, and we started working on it, and it took a long time for, uh, to, make, to make the decision for Square Enix, but uh, uh, in fact, that's perfect for us because we started working on, on Fair Effect when we stopped working on Grisha, so it, it was perfect. The, the pitch is um, uh, we want to make uh, a sequel for, for Fair Effect. Uh, we want to continue the story of uh, Anine Rain and uh, the other uh, characters, and, but we want to make it uh, as an indie team. We don't want to, to, uh, to commit uh, um, a triple A game because we cannot do uh, make a triple A game currently. So um, that's why we we took several decisions. First, it was we wanted to to work with former uh, crew uh, members. So we contact um, especially John Soplaten, who was the uh, writer creator of Fear Effect One and producer of Fear Effect One, uh, and Matt Furnis with the, the musician of Fear Effect 1. Uh, and we asked them if they wanted to, to, to work with us. Um, and it, it's very important for us to have these two members in our team because we, re, we, we are just fans of Fear Effect. We are not uh, you know, creators of Fear Effect. Uh, we need them to, to be very, very close to what they, they imagined uh, 15 years ago. Oh. And the second decision we took is to um, abandon the, the third-person shooter view uh, and to work on, on another project with an, an isometric view uh, because it, one, it's easier for, for, for us to, to, to work on with this view and because we wanted to uh, concentrate on, on the teamwork and it was for us, we think it's the best view uh, to, to control several characters simultaneously. Yeah. Well, I got to admit, when I first saw the, um, you know, what this was going to be, I had to take a uh, step back because, but I, and I know a lot of people did this because 
you know, Fear Effect is renowned as being a Resident Evil horror, you know, survival horror series. And now it's being turned into a uh, tactical action, you know, Shadowrun Returns kind of deal. And more, uh, more action than tactical, in fact. Yeah, actually, Shadowrun uh, came out a lot uh, in the interviews and, uh, and the like because we we thought a lot about the gameplay and we were not sh- not very sure in the very beginning. Uh, now that we went for for uh, real time action uh, with a, with a controller, it will actually look more like uh, um, let's say. Um, that maybe the, the the very first Dragon Age or uh, uh, games like this, like you, you you still control one character, the others will follow. Uh, on PC with a mouse and keyboard, it will you will be able to to control the whole the whole team. It mm. will be a little different, but uh, mm-hmm. we really believe we can have something in the likes in terms of atmosphere. Uh, story uh, uh, telling a, a bit more about the characters, uh, how they, uh, uh-huh. how, how they they work in, the, in this new environment, this new culture. We decided to to bring uh, uh, with with Sedna. Uh, so so we, we understand completely. It's uh, it's it's a big change. Um, yeah. But we're, we're quite quite confident. In fact, it's it's a necessary change, and we are totally confident that um, it will that fans will like it because uh, fans of Fear Effect they, they like the the story, and you have the story. They like the characters, and you have the characters, and they like the action of the, of the game, and you are, you will have a lot of actions mm. of action. So um, yeah, we we are very confident, but we want to be very clear, and we want that the the fan give give us the chance to, to, to show them uh, that we'll, they will like it. Right. But uh, I do admit, it, it's a bit of a hard sell, and uh, I'm not surprised, I'm not saying that the Kickstarter is faltering, but it's definitely been going slow, you know. And that's to be expected because, you know, when one goes into a radically new direction, it's, it's always hard for, like, the established fan base to get on board from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, I agree. It's not going. It's, it's, uh, it's not going very, very quickly. But I think we will make it, and that, that's the most important point. Because if we don't make it, your effect is, I think, is just dead forever. So it would be. Uh, it would be a shame. Um, and when you see that even uh, Carmack and Romero uh, had to stop this the, the Kickstarter because uh, people, and that's normal. They they want more and more every day uh, in the campaign, in the rewards, and what you, in what you show on your com- campaign page, and it's going, it's, make, it's very difficult now to, to make a uh, fun, fun, to, to make a raising, uh, to make a campaign, successful campaign. We made a campaign for Grisha one year ago, one year ago and a half, and it was more easier than today. So I think it's going to be even more difficult day after day. I don't doubt that. Um, we got, uh, like, our friends over at uh, Night Dive are planning on doing the uh, system shot Kickstarter, and they, they've been doing meticulous planning because it's so hard to do a Kickstarter these mm-hmm. days. You know? And, you know, uh, it's unfortunate that it's kind of come to this, but I'm like, 
I, I suppose that's just the natural maturation of the crowdfunding game. You know, it, it, it is, and most important, uh, mm. if, if the if the campaign is a success, we we will have the fun we need to make the game. So that's cool, but the game changed a lot since we launched the campaign, uh, thanks to the feedbacks of the of the backers and people who who, who, who talk to to us. So uh, and I think. It's very important part of the Kickstarter, and yeah. we we really do do it for for this campaign. Talking to the fans made us realize some things we probably didn't think of, or mm. uh, just thought it was less important. And uh, it helped us to to, re- to refocus on the on some some mm. aspects of the license. And that's why we we will have uh, in few days some very big announcement uh, for for the game uh, that we didn't expect at the beginning of the campaign, but we the decisions we we took. Uh, to yeah because because we have requests and we think it's uh, it's important for the fan to have these features. Hmm. Uh, I'm guessing that you can't go into detail on what the what the feedback was at this point. Yeah, you know we have a lot of feedback the feedback saying that the TPS view was a part of what made Fear Effect and. But we just had to explain why we made this choice, and we cannot change uh, our choice. Uh, but we have also a lot of feedback saying that uh, um, people pl- used to play it on PlayStation uh, f- uh, 15 years ago, and they want to play it on consoles today, not on PC. Uh, and I think it was a mistake. From, from, uh, from, uh, we, we made because we we didn't realize that uh, it was too important for players. So I think we we. We have some announcement to make in uh, in uh, in few days about that. Um, we have uh, we 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 choose to 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 remove most of the tactical part of the game yeah. uh, uh-huh. and to focus on action. And it was it's it's a decision we made uh, during the campaign. Uh, yeah, you know it's very important very important decision because it changed the gameplay. But we are very happy because I we 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 think that. Uh, m- most of the of the FreeFX fan, we we like the, the the gameplay focused on action instead of uh, strategy. Mm. I could see. Well, that. that is the kind of the kind of genre the kind of genre that most of the games have been. Yeah. Also, um, the FreeFX series has up to this point only been on the PlayStation. Like uh, you know, the, the the two release games are on the PlayStation One, and the FreeFX Inferno was planned for the PlayStation Two. So it's mm. no surprise that the you know that the fans would want it on you know like the PlayStation Four or whatever. Yeah, but we we saw that that people uh, um, uh, we saw that people had more platforms today than they had uh, 15 years ago, and right. we thought that everyone everyone has a PC, but it's it's not the case. In fact, certainly not everybody has a PC that's good enough to play games on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, it won't be too too heavy, I think. On the depends on the like depends on the kind of games you're playing, but I'm like, well, it's good to hear that um, things are going to be rectified in that direction. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I can guess what that announcement is, but I won't press on it because I, I, it's not time. Uh, yeah, you 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 yeah. don't have to wait too, too long. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, I think you can guess what what will be your announcement. Yeah. Uh, and we are very, very proud, and we worked out, and we will release soon uh, uh, a gameplay video, extended gameplay video, because I think that we didn't show a lot what we wanted to, to make in terms of gameplay. 
in our Kickstarter video. So we are we worked very very hard the the past three three weeks to make um, an extended gameplay video, and we will send it uh, I think tomorrow or in two days. Okay, uh, that's good to hear. Like I, I saw the announcement of the gameplay video last night while I was uh, looking uh, at the Kickstarter for research. Mm-hmm. You now, so I'm I'm really interested to see how this is going to shape up because Fear Effect is one of my favorite uh, survival horror series. Now I I you know I played it back in the day and I rather enjoyed it. Now and I'm still upset that Fear Effect Inferno never came out. No. Mm. And you know, sadly, it probably never will come out. But no. Um, yeah. To be honest, probably because because Kronos is not uh, doesn't exist anymore. But um, they, they went. You know, yeah. They, well, they went out of business around the time that the game got canceled. <laughs> so. Yeah, but but you, you know, with Sedna, we we really think you we will really really respect the the series, and you will learn uh, things that you. That were uh, that they had to remove from from the first game because uh, we're working with John and it, it's very important in, for us to work with him and and because what we what we will learn in in Sedna is are things that were planned to be in the first game so uh, uh, it's um, it's a it's a real game it's a real, it's real sequel yeah, yeah. It, it it might be a different different game gameplay gameplay speaking but. Mm. It, it's really a sequel in uh, terms of story. Yes. In terms of story, it, it, uh, indeed, it, it's going to be interesting to see how he um, interplays his own material with well, uh, the other stuff that was written by uh, Sam uh, Luau, I believe his name was. You know, uh, the guy who uh, you know handled uh, Fear Effect Two and uh, Fear. Um, it was, in fact, it was Tim Coolidge. Mm-hmm. In ah, Fear Effect. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and but um, as as fans, we I don't know if it's the case for you, but for us, the first episode it is uh, uh, I I think we can say that it's, it's the best for us. Uh, uh, even if Rain is an important, an important character, um, the first episode was incredible, and we are very happy to work with, especially with the writer from the first episode. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I suppose I should mention at this point, but we're actually interviewing John on Friday. Okay. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so okay. We're, we're definitely going to get you know. We won't spoil spoil the interview. <laughs> well, like I said, that, that was just kind of a thing that happened uh, recently. Um, you know, we we had a space to fill, and I got on contact with him on Facebook, and he agreed to do the interview this week. John is a very, very. Um, he loves working on on Perfect, and he's mm-hmm. very, very motivated to work with us. That's awesome to work with uh, someone who's working now on Pokemon Go and big games like that. And well, mm-hmm. he's working with us, just a small indie team. So uh, that's crazy for us, but cool. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I, I, I suppose that really speaks to how much he enjoyed working on Fear Effect. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And when we contacted him, he was he was so happy. Saying, uh, oh, I have a chance to work on another Fear Effect. Uh, count me in directly. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, geez. There's just so much to cover here. Um, all right. So, um, what does Sedna mean? Sedna is the, is the name of the uh, Inuit spirit of the sea. Okay. So it's kind of a goddess. Uh, mm-hmm. She gave life to all, uh, to all sea animals. 
So yeah, that's the. It gives a clue about the plot. The uh, yeah, we can't update. we can't tell more because we are no. we are going to spoil the game. But uh, yeah, okay, okay, okay. But uh, and I suppose that bridges to like one of the major questions that's been surrounding this thing is why Greenland, why Inuit culture, why why are why are we going from you know a series that's known for you know delving into Chinese mythology and. Uh, Hong Kong and all that stuff. And why are we going uh, here? Well, the, the main reason is because, uh, we, yeah, you, you know, Stanley Lee uh, created the first game uh, and he brought the, the story and the, all, the, all the, the Chinese atmosphere uh, was important to him. Mm. And we believe with Inferno, despite it being not being released, uh, was part of a trilogy. And it all this trilogy was based on the Chinese mythology, so we 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 felt like we had nothing to to, to add, and that it was yeah it, we wanted to explore something new, uh, maybe something like uh, closer to us with uh, uh, not for, not not Greenland, but uh, a part of the game will be uh, will, will take take place in France uh, with the new character and Hannah Spast, who is a uh, half. Uh, half Chinese and half French. Mm-hmm. Not, uh, not well known, uh, but it's in it, it's in her bio. Oh. Yeah, but yeah, they they never really talked about it, but it's it's a fact, and yeah. uh, we wanted to explore that hmm. that part of her life. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, th- there's quite a bit that remains unknown about her past. Now, and uh, now. Uh, something I've seen up when it comes to the Inuit stuff is I, I've seen a couple of postings here and there about concerned about uh, cultural appropriation, you know, the, the whole yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah we, we we discuss this a lot. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a complicated matter, so it's hard to talk about it in uh, in a few minutes. But um, we want to make sure uh, that we are true to the Inuit culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite not being Inuit ourselves, uh, we know it's important for us to to look to begin looking for uh, for a consultant, uh, someone who knows it, who knows the because we 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 made a lot of research uh, not only on their mythology but also on uh, their life, uh, uh, what uh, what Denmark brought to their culture and what what happened. Uh, in the last 40 years, uh, when Denmark decided to 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 be more present uh, in Greenland, and, um, yeah. and and that that is important to us as it's one of the most one of the most one of the fastest uh, cultural shocks uh, in recent history. So we we it's it's for certain we will take this in consideration and not just. Uh, pull out stories from the mythologies and uh, uh, make them come out from nowhere. And uh, uh, Inuit mythology will be brought by Inuit characters. And it's important to us that they're not only myths, but also real people. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. And it's, you know, I, I know that people have had their reservations about it, but this is also a really good opportunity because um, Inuit culture in general is just something you don't see a lot in video yeah, games. Yeah, that, that was There's, one of the reasons we chose it. 
yeah. Yeah. This and, one and the and the fact that the Inuit mythology is quite I don't know how to say yeah, that. Yeah, they 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 live uh, in a, in a in a rough land and oh. their life is hard and it's 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 uh, it gravitates around uh, uh, survival and mm. uh, hunt hunting a lot and so uh, we we thought it it was uh, it fitted it's, the fear effect uh, exactly. feel uh, like yeah uh, kind of a harsh word world sorry. Uh, and how it could collide with a uh, futuristic world. Mm -hmm. Indeed, and uh, like I said, I know of like a few other games that handle Inuit culture, like uh, ever heard of Never Alone? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. But uh, like Never Alone is Alaskan Inuit culture. You know, there is a difference. Mm -hmm. Now, it, I, I think this is the yeah, first. Yeah. Sure. I think this is like the first game I can think of that would uh, feature Greenland in its native culture in a video uh, game. So in video games, I don't. I think I can see any. Yeah. I mean, I don't preclude that they don't that they exist, but I just can't think of it. So, you know, I, you know, done but, well, this could be a really good opportunity for that culture. Yeah, but in in Neverland, the, the atmosphere was very cute. Um, yes, it was more, <laughs> more childish. I think I mean, it would be kind of different. Yeah, right, maybe. Right. Oh, <laughs> well, it's like the other game I can think of is Metal Gear Solid. That. You know, yeah. the the first one had a had a new, uh, Vulcan Raven. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Anyway, it's, it's 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 a little it's a little bit easier to ignore that he is an Inuit shaman since the most obvious things about him are that he weighs about three hundred pounds of pure muscle and is in a tank and uh, hand carrying a minigun. Yeah. But, yeah. All all of which are very, I'm sure. Very faithful recreations of things that happen all the time in Inuit mythology. Yeah. Uh, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got it. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, speaking of representation, um, well, we got Hannah and Rain here. Um, like, and here's the thing. Like, you know, if you talk to people about what they know, fear effects, um, they say, oh, yeah, that was the game serious with the lesbians. Because... Yeah. You know, it's got one of the more infamous ad campaigns of all the video games. Indeed. Now, it's like, for those who don't know, for those who haven't seen the ads for Fear Effect 2, well, go look them up. And it's like, it's kind of the apex of that period's advertising. Now, it's like, we did a primer on the Fear Effect series a couple of weeks ago in preparation for these interviews. And, you know, I showed uh, my crew here the ads, and I think they were a bit surprised at, you know, <laughs> what they contained. <laughs> oh, Indeed. Yeah. Extreme, they were extremely not subtle. Yeah, I'm like... That's it. <laughs> yeah, That's the word. Yeah, I'm like, they kind of, you know, they kind of hyped up, how do I put this, you know, the softcore porn aspect of the relationship, if such a thing actually existed, which... Having, I've actually played Fear Effect 2, and I'm like, their relationship isn't like that for the most part. I'm like, okay, yes, yeah. there's the one scene that happens, hmm. but most it's of the... It's not even showed, really. It's, it's suggested, more, yeah. more like. Yeah. Most of the time, they're more... They're a couple who's very into each other, is the best way I can put it. It's like, you know, I, I, actually, re I actually read the script for the game a few weeks ago to re refresh my mind because it's been like 15 years since I last played it. But I'm like, 
it's like, yeah, this is about what I remember. I'm like, okay, they're in a relationship that, you know, you know they're really into each other. But I'm like, it's not like how the ad suggests at all. And the taglines. Oh, my God, the taglines. <laughs> I'm like, this is a game that had the taglines. Like, it's no surprise there are, like, 13 climaxes in this game. And, you know, and they put the ass in Assassin. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. That can sure you 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 won't have ads like that for said now. <laughs> no, no, and I remember like I think it came up early about you know the relationship how uh, you weren't going to hide it or over sexualize it. Um, yeah. Can you further define what that means? No. Well, it it means we won't show. It's it's more like that. Uh, showing women as objects uh, for male players. Uh, we want to, if if there is nudity, and there will be nudity, maybe, but <laughs> no, I won't spoil. <laughs> uh, we don't want it to be just like free nudity, just look at those boobs. And uh, we want it to be part of the story. And uh, yeah, we want to show a more mature way uh, to 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 bring their relationship, um, but you know it's a very difficult sub- topic because when we say to Eurogamer, when we say we want to make things smart and to sh- to uh, show less uh, over sexualization in in our game, uh, everyone on Twitter said, okay, no no nudity anymore. No, no it, it was a part of Fear Effect, so it's not Fear Effect anymore. And that's not what we wanted to say. We want to say that. Uh, yeah. Our main goal is not to exclude anyone from our game. We want every player to play the game, male, female. Um, and I think Fear Effect 1 and 2, they are old. It was, it was 15 years ago. But I don't think that many, many women uh, or female players played the game. And we want that female players play Sedna. Yeah, uh, and they, they, can, they can relate to, to, to the, the, the woman character. And most important, because you, you, were, you were talking about the, the ads, I think it was a very big mistake, because mm-hmm. in the game, you didn't have uh, lesbian scenes, in, in fact. Mm-hmm. You'd only have elevator scenes, but you, you don't see anything. And you have this strange, uh, you know, mechanical beetle scene. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. I still don't understand what that was about. Yeah, no one did. So uh, <laughs> that's exactly we want, we, what we want to avoid, because we... Really, when you play, you don't understand what what happens. Why you don't understand what the creator want, means with 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 this scene. So uh, uh, yes, it's not it it was not good 15 years ago. It's even worse today. So you won't have uh, you know uh, I don't know if you can say that in English, but free free sex free sexual scenes uh, for for nothing. In fact, if you have nudity or love story between between women, that's because our story needs. I, I could see so that. It's, it's less about what is and isn't going to be in the game and more about that it's going to be yeah. more appropriate contextually than just yeah. being there that's for... It. And that's what Fear Effect 2 did for the most part. Uh, you know, it does have those out-of-place scenes, but, you know, it, you know, their actual relationship is very yeah. sex-positive. You know. now, and, you know, I... I it's good to hear that, you know, you're not being precluded from, like, doing nudity or sex scenes if it fits your narrative. Like, you know, 
Oh. It can work just fine. Yeah, and also, there's kind of the other side of this. It's like, there's kind of a desire to not go less with homosexual relationships than with heterosexual relationships. Now, that is to say, you know, you see heterosexual characters show affection more than you do homosexual. Mm. Yeah. But mm, you, yeah. you, you, you will have homosexual things maybe in the game, and maybe you will, you will learn some, mm-hmm. some things about Dicky or Glass. You, yeah, we, we, don't know. we don't know it. <laughs> no, no. The, I, I, we didn't write anything about it in, uh, uh, yet, but we, why, why not? It's not um, well, you know, that, that does bring up an interesting point, because that brings us to Pure Effect Inferno. Now, I know the game never came out, mm. but... You know, I, I did research on what Pure Effect Inferno was looking to be shaped up, and one of the more interesting things was apparently the whole relationship around the four was going to be basically a polyamorous thing. Like, uh, uh, yeah, it's like like basically all four characters were fucking in that. I, I, you know, it's like I don't know how true that was or how true that is, but you know, like this is just stuff I've read in interviews and like it's on TV tropes. No. Maybe maybe you you saw the the interviews, but we had the luck to to to, to play the game. Yeah. Uh, uh, in fact, yeah. The, the the main plot is that Anna dies, mm-hmm. uh, and why she's di- she's dead. Um, Rain and Glass. Uh, um, yeah. Are <laughs> approaching. A, uh, yeah. They, they yeah. start a relation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yes, it's it's but suddenly you always always. Say that you wanted to make a love triangle. Yeah. So. And, uh, uh, and yes. yeah, and honestly, um, from what I've read from your uh, from Sedna here is um, the whole thing. If it's all canon, uh, kind of ended the way I always expected it to end. You know, with uh, Hannah and Rain just ending up as the couple. You know, because yeah. th- that's the thing. Pure Effect Two. It, it's really about how much they would to save each other and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know. Anyway, but in regards to Fear Effect Inferno, now, you said you you actually read the script and played the game, or, you know, what exists of the game, yes? Yeah. 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 Now, how did you come uh, come about uh, this prototype and, the, you know, all the other materials? Was that from Square Enix, or is that, like, from Kronos? You know, like somebody who worked at Kronos. Mm-hmm. It was more from former Kronos members. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not Square I, I, I we, we talked about that with Square but I honestly, I think they don't have anything left from Kronos because it was not, a, you know, part of Square It was a, a, mm-hmm. a studio. Uh, yes, it was Eidos uh, back then, but uh, it was a, a studio. It was not in... Uh, so, so they don't have any materials anymore. But uh, yeah, the, the build you you we we had um, a prototype build. Um, yeah. So um, what was contained in the prototype? Because you know I, I gotta I gotta admit I'm I'm really interested to hear what you know what Fear Effect Inferno was like gonna be, you know even in this rough state. Um, you it's a it's a development build so so you 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 it's very strange because you start on the black screen when you have to choose uh, your level your character you want to play with uh, your uh, outfit and it crashes uh, if you don't make the right choice um but yeah I, the, you know inferno was really really different from the pr- two previous perfect and that's 
that's the point. When, when I read on internet that uh, Sedna is not like a fear effect, in fact, Inferno was not like a fear effect too. It was more like a action beat them all, almost a beat them all game, you know. Um, mm. With you, you have you had a, a pre-calculated um, background and animations in the yeah. background. That, that doesn't change. Yeah. But yeah. but the, the gameplay changed a lot. It was it was uh, yeah beat them all. You 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 fought with your with combos with with your your feet and your your fist uh, and you use sometimes uh, very few puzzles. Very few puzzles. And you you have you have very few uh, um, guns. Uh, it's more yeah um, um, yeah like free fight. Uh, free fight. Yes, uh, like a beat them all. In fact. Hmm. That does, uh, you know, not what I was expecting from a Fear Effect game. <laughs> um, but you know, whatever it was going to be, you know, just that as that, or uh, unless I guess somebody in the future wants to try their hand at Inferno, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, anyway, so. It, it, where Inferno becomes relevant to Sedna, as I understand it, is the ending. Like, um, apparently, uh, Hannah gets out of hell and she frees herself from the triad. Exactly. Yeah, you know, you, you played Perfect 1 and 2, and the, mm -hmm. the good ending, the canonical ending uh, in every episode, it's a it's, uh, happy ending, in fact. Uh, uh, sometimes we read on Twitter, uh, how, how can they, how can Glass be in Sedna because he's he's, uh, he's dead or Dick is dead? But in the good ending, everyone lives. <laughs> so um, that's exactly the same for Inferno. In the good ending, everyone lives and a nice free from the trial. So that's why we wanted to make uh, Sedna after Inferno because you don't have to know any, anything else than Anna is alive, Rain is alive too, and they are. Freed from the triad. Which is where I expected the plot to be going anyway. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like, and now this takes place um, four years after uh, Inferno or the first Fear Effect? Uh, four years yeah, after Inferno, Anna is 30, uh, 30 years old. Mm. So it's the year 2058, I think. Yes, something like that, yeah. Um, and it's like 12 years after the first game then, because I think in the first game they said Hana was 18. Uh, there, there's kind of a bit of a discrepancy um, when it comes yeah, to Yeah, unless that was a metaphor. No, well, Rain was 18. I think Anna was like the, like 22 or something. I read. Well, yeah, I have the, I, I have her birthday right here on the screen. It's July, oh, okay. it's June 18th, 2028, according to Fear Effect 2. So, uh, according to Fear Effect 2, she's 20. Uh, not surprising that the, there's a bit of discrepancy there, since you know the the games were made by different teams. But I'm mm -hmm. like, I, you know, this is one of those minor continuity issues that nobody's really going to care about. Mm -hmm. you know. but I'm like, uh, now, though, getting into Hannah's age, is that going to be relevant to the proceedings, or is that just a aspect of her, you know, like, like you know, the march of time or whatever? Yeah, it 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 tells a bit about how how mature they got. Maybe um, they they lived some some incredible stories, and uh, some of them are getting 
kind of nostalgic, like mm. Dick, for example, who's just getting bored. Mm. Uh, and it can, yeah, it's it's the sparkle that can that will that will start the whole story of Sedna. Mm. The only thing important to know is that they didn't meet each other uh, during four years. So when when we, yeah. when they will meet again in Sedna, um, it's been a long time they didn't see each other. Yeah, we we found this important as players haven't seen them in 15 years. So it was kind of relevant that they. Mm. The, the characters didn't see each other for quite a long time. Interesting. Uh, and uh, now, uh, it's not just Hannah that's getting the focus here, as you know, the other characters have their own things going on there. Like, um, yeah, uh, we'll have stories about everyone actually. Uh, yeah, we we want to know more about uh, how Rain. Um, um, <laughs> Rain. What, what, what she thinks. Sorry. Yeah, well, Rain's interesting because, um, yeah. how do I put this? Uh, well, I suppose, spoilers for Fear Effect 2, she's sort of an immortal emperor, or and she's kind of immortal herself, as I understand it. Mm-hmm. And, well, there's Deke, who's kind of the, re- well, once again, in Fear Effect 2, he's kind of the result of the, the experiments that went on there, but Deke is always a character I felt needed m- a bit more to his character, that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Now, and... Yeah, we agree. Yeah, yeah. and, well, Glass, as I understand it, a lot more is going to be about his time with the... Yeah. Uh, yeah, yes, the, the whole story uh, evolves around Glass, uh, around his past, mm-hmm. because the the main protagonist, the, the... Well, not the bad guy, because no one is... Fully oh, bad or don't really spoil. good. It's a bad I, won't, guy. <laughs> I won't spoil, but yeah, okay. The bad guy, the bad guy. <laughs> uh, belongs to, to Glass's past. Okay, okay. Is that the guy you revealed uh, in one of the updates? Yeah, yeah. His name is Ilouac. Ilouac. Yeah. And you've got a new character here, Axel. Axel, yeah. Yeah. Now, um, what's his deal? Uh, you know, in as much as you can explain it. Hmm. Um, first, it was very, very important for us to, to, to add a new character because um, mm-hmm. uh, we didn't want to, to say to players we are only taking uh, what's already been, already been uh, written and we are just uh, telling another story with the character, but we are adding a new character. Um, it is very important for the... For the French part of Anna's past, <clears throat> and um, um, I think for, for me it is the exact opposite of Anna. It's uh, you know um, uh, maybe they are from the same personality, but the yeah. b- b- both sides of the, the or maybe they're too much alike. <laughs> maybe something like that, and that's very important because um, the, their relation is going to be very conflictual. I don't know. Yeah. And and we will we want the player to to wonder if they hate each other or if there is a, a, a hope if maybe one day they can appreciate each other or not and uh, th- I think that's the point for for this character but just like Iluak uh, his uh, story and his personality is is more um, complex than it seems to be at uh, first. Mm. Uh, that 
Now, that does sound interesting. And, you know, adding a new character is, I imagine, a difficult uh, prospect. You know, make sure that he connects with the audience and all that. Yeah, it, it actually helped us appropriate the IP. Mm. Uh, we, like, we, we, had, we added our own, uh, uh, yeah, uh, our own touch mm. to the game. And I think we, 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 will, we will figure out that the game is a success uh, if players accept uh, Axel like a, a normal uh, character of the game, not uh, not but one of the main protagonists of the of, of the of Fear Effect series. Uh, if that's the case, I think we will be very, very happy. Um, and it's, it's something, yeah, it's hard for us, but uh, we are confident because we worked a lot on, the, on this character. Mm. Well, that, that's good to hear. You know, like, and uh, let me see. Uh, so, um, puzzles. Are you going to have any puzzles within the game, or is it going to be like a straight action? No, yeah, we we love puzzles, as you noticed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, there there will be puzzles. Uh, it's it's an important part of what made, yeah, like, like all the ch- Chinese mystical puzzles uh, were part of the effects. We want to to keep the same idea uh, of uh, bringing even more of the Inuit culture with the puzzles and the symbols, the symbolic, uh, the legends. And and also like more futuristic ones. Mm. Yeah, but that puzzles and story uh, are the two points where, where you can link to Goetia. Uh, um, we didn't choose uh, randomly, you know. We 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 chose it because uh, our games are story dri- driven and puzzles, uh, and we and we love puzzles games. So we have these two parts in Fear Effect. So. Uh, I think you, if you play Grisha, you have an idea of what puzzles in um, in Fair Effect will are going to be. Interesting. I'm like, uh, I'm like, uh, I'm certainly looking forward to see what you come up with here. Uh, and uh, let's see. Um, oh right. Um, given the shift in focus uh, to more action, um, and I've seen people ask about this. You know. Um, is there going to be an easy way to like implement uh, like a control, uh, an Xbox 360 controller, say, on the PC side of things? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're we're working on it. We yeah. will develop it uh, for mouse and keyboard and for controller. Mm-hmm. Uh, the as I said earlier, the controls will be the the feeling will be slightly different, mm-hmm. and it's important to us to 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 to, to work on both. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, yeah, because uh, you know, uh, uh, it would make sense with the Switch because, uh, like, I played you know, like Shadowrun uh, Returns, Shadowrun Hong Kong, and those are games like you know, more tactical based games are not really suited to uh, controller. No. Mm-hmm. It's like, and uh, let's see. Now, um, what are you doing in regards to the music to Sedna? Um, first, we are working with Matt Furnace. So um, even if it's a, currently it's, if it's a, a stretch goal, you know, in our campaign, um, he wrote me a, an email yesterday, and 
he really wants to be part of the of the project. So uh, I think he, he will he's going to, to to make something in any way, even even if the first goal is not uh, reached. Um, maybe it's only one team, or yeah, maybe one team, or we will see. But he is part of the project, and um, and for the rest, we have currently we we, we found. Uh, a uh, musician was who, who made the music you can hear in the trailers, um, and is really fan of VFX. So uh, I think, uh, yeah, uh, he's, he's going to work with us on on the on the on the game. And we we know that it's a very very important part of the game. We had a lot of feedback saying um, uh, music was perfect for the game. So please uh, make uh, make good music too for 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 Sedna. Hmm. I'm like, that's good to hear. And, well, uh, I suppose we should actually get to the fear effect. So um, a bit of background for those who don't know. The, 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 the series is named after uh, a mechanic in the game called the fear effect, and that's your health meter, basically. Um, it kind of operates on the same principle as a, um, what we call today a sanity meter, you know, it's not necessarily based on how much damage you take, but how uh, stressed you are, how agitated your characters are. Like, you know, the, you know, the more, the higher their pulse, the more susceptible they are to a heart attack, which is what actually ends up killing you in these games a lot of the time. Uh, um, one hit kills, not excluded, and all that stuff. Now, how are you going to implement the fear effect in Sedna? So yeah, they, they we will have two 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 gauges actually. Uh, the health bar as a traditional uh, game action game, uh, the uh, that will reflect your health, and the, the the fear effect will actually work kind of the same. The difference is that uh, yeah, you you will take stress from the environment like traps or enemies uh, popping from nowhere or. Uh, explosions. explosions, weird things happening, uh, but it won't necessarily be negative. As your a stress level being very high or low, depending on how, it, how you take it, well, a, a full stress bar will result in uh, different abilities that will unlock, for example. Um, and it can, yeah, so you have to check it often to see what your character is able to do at a given moment uh, and, and make combos with the others. So, yeah, it's not, it's not completely negative to be stressed out, but it, it can even help. Yeah. But it gives you, uh, obviously, uh, you, you take more damage if you're stressed out or maybe you make mistakes, uh, like mm -hmm. uh, passive mechanics, uh, like we, you will have... Uh, uh, um, Maybe the, yeah, the the opposite of boons, uh, like yeah, uh, mm. take more damage, or maybe uh, uh, maybe um, right. Yeah, we, it, it's not it's quite blurry for now because we didn't think about the skills in detail. But right. uh, this is the the it, this is what we mm. want to 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 bring. Ah. Being, being affected makes you better at some things, but worse at other things. Yeah, of. that's yeah. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of a system used in darker, uh, Darkest Dungeon. Oh, like ah, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. We we thought about it. It's uh, ah. 
In uh, Darkest Dungeon, when you when you're stressed out, you have very few chances chances to to be really uh, really powerful. Uh, it happens, but it's really mm-hmm. rare. Uh, we don't want to punish the player. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's a whole mechanic, and maybe sometimes you 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 will want to 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 yeah. to, to give stress to your character, so you will have items to. Uh, I don't know the, the word in English, adrenaline, or, or you know, um, yeah. to to increase the stress, to to unlock uh, special skills. Mm. Uh, that makes sense, and it sounds like the fair effect is being you know wrapped around what your you know present gameplay style. You know, the fear effect in the old games reflected its survival horror uh, mm. origins. Yeah, it's like you know your getting stressed out because you're getting scared and all that stuff to, mm. to it. But it's, it's going to be the case too because if you if you meet a very creepy monster or something you, you can have uh, your stress raising very uh, high uh, suddenly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Now uh, let's talk about the campaign itself. Um, would, uh, how would you say it's going right now? Um, I, right now it's, go, it's going. I think it's going to be to be okay. Uh, we we have seventy mm-hmm. percent uh, of the of the campaign done already, almost right. almost seventy one, uh, and ten days remaining. So yeah, uh, um, yeah, we we are pretty confident, uh, um, mm-hmm. and we are happy because we 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 want to raise one one hundred thousand euros. So something like one hundred twenty uh, thousand dollars. Um, it's a fair amount for 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 today you know, on on crowdfunding. So, um, but we really want to to show to Scranix that the the fans already uh, remembered uh, Fear Effect and that they want a new game of Fear Effect, and that we are going to show if we raise uh, if the campaign is, is a success. Well, uh, you know, it's like, uh, I will note that even if this thing fails, it's not necessarily because it, the world doesn't want another fear effect game. It's just, you know, to be frank, it's like a lot of people may not want this fear effect game. They may want, you know, what fear effect was. Yeah, maybe, but what, what, what we want the, the player to understand, and mm-hmm. what, that's what we say a lot, is that if this this Kickstarter phase, uh, no, there I, will be another fear effect. It's just the the end of the series. So, I know. I, I I understand that. It, it's just, it's more, you know, this is what you know. This is what fans of the series kind of their expectation, and I can't blame them for that. You know, uh, like I remember talking to Phil about uh, Nosgoth when we interviewed him about December. Mm-hmm. One of the things that happened with that is. You know, you, you took a you, when you take a franchise known for something in, in the case of Legacy of Kane, uh, it's known for a deep narrative single player experience, and you turn it into this whole meta multiplayer game with, with factions. It's like that's a big leap for a fan base to make, and they might not make it. So yeah, and it, has, and I, it has nothing to do with being a bad game or anything. Yeah. It's just sometimes it's what people don't expect is a, is a harder sell. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, like I said, it's nothing to do with quality or whatever. It's just, you know, genre shifts like that can be hard. And I, I'm honestly glad to see that the, that the game is 
doing as well as it is on Kickstarter now. Like, yeah, but, you know, you know that that, that uh, changing the or um, at least uh-huh. submitting pitches uh, with different gameplays from the original uh, franchise it's part of the collective uh, um, request, if I can say that. You, you know, uh, when they published their um, blog entry to, to to announce the release of piece, uh, they said that they were looking forward to seeing um, pitches uh, with. Uh, uh, tactical RPGs for Gex or uh, point-and-click adventures for Anachronox. So um, yeah. I think you, you, you can expect more uh, more pitches from previous IPs, but with different gameplays. I think it's really part of the concept of Collective. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. And it, it's also, as far as getting, an, you know, uh, like a fourth Fear Effect game in the style of the old games, that's not really going to happen. And, it, and once again, it's not even a matter of, like, production values. It's a matter of nobody does that style of game anymore. I'm like, like when was the last time you you saw, like, a Resident Evil 2-style mm. survival horror game on the market? Like, from any sector. It's, exactly. It, 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 you know, I, I'm not saying that's right or it's fair, but it, you know, it is what it is. It's, you know, no, and... That's- I think that's very important that players understand that the the, the IP now uh, belongs to indie developers and not triple A developers. So you yeah. cannot expect a just uh, just cause like game for Free Effect Four or now whatever. Uh, it, yeah, it's yeah, indie team. And believe me, uh, I get that. Like like I said, I'm a huge fan of the Free Effect games. In fact, when I heard about the IP thing, that, that's what first got me really interested in the collective. And made me want to like interview the people involved, both you know at the collective and the developer side, you know. And yeah, you, know, you know, I'm glad to see at least one of the franchises is living, uh, or at least has a chance to live, which is more than I can say for apparently uh, in Chrononox. You know, that's another game I really loved, and mm. doesn't uh, doesn't seem to be uh, as much movement there. But that's a story for a different uh, day. Um, so, what else do you have planned for the Kickstarter? Um, if we have plans for Kickstarter for after for the the, the the last day of the campaign, right? Yeah, like you know, um, like do you have any ideas to run the home stretch? Because um, you know, like the busiest times for a Kickstarter campaign are like at the very beginning and the very end. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's why we are very confident because, yeah, we, we are going to make our big announcement we are working on for, mm-hmm. for a long time. Uh, tomorrow, I think, or may, maybe today, this evening. Um, and we, we really hope and we think that it's going to make a, a big boost for the campaign and uh, for a week or something like that. And after that, it's going to be the, the four or three last days. And, yeah, you, you can see on, on most campaigns, you can see... Uh, uh, a big boost uh, the, the, um, the last day. So, yeah, I think we are very, very in time to, to, to raise the funds. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like I said, I've been keeping an eye on the Kickstarter, and it's been slow, but it's been a steady drip. Like, it, it keeps going up um, maybe a couple hundred, though sometimes like a thousand. Like, uh, it just mm. crossed, like, um, in U.S. dollars, the 81,000 uh, barometer. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so it looks like it's going to be... A, a project that's going to pass, and I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to see that uh, that's 
occur. But you, you know, maybe the thing we did underestimate is that we, we thought that fans of Fear Effect just seeing that there, there was going to be a new story um, that you can play with the characters again. Uh, we thought it was enough, in fact, to attract uh, people's attention. And uh, mm -hmm. you're right, uh, we didn't, we underestimated that the fact that they wanted to play Fear Effect, but like it was 12, uh, uh, 15 years ago, but it, it's not possible. I don't know if you tried the game recently, but it's you, <laughs> not a gameplay you can, you can have for, for today's game. No, that, that, that's the thing. Um, the Resident Evil 1 through 3, you know, the, the PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, Resident Evil kind of survival horror had to work like that because of the limitations of the system. You mm -hmm. know, it, it, it's because all the environments were pre-rendered, and, you know, it was like that with Fear Effect. Um, like, like, the big thing with Fear Effect is, is it kind of had an FMV background. Yeah. You know. yeah, exactly. That's why there were four CDs. But, you know, we even had a feedback from a fan saying, I want a physical copy of the game, and I want the physical copy to be on four CDs. He's <laughs> <laughs> oh. stuck in the, in the 19th. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's good to see that there are some people with their enthusiasm. Uh, speaking of the graphics, are you aiming for a cel-shaded look like the um, previous installments? Um, in terms of like the actual in-game graphics. Oh sure, yeah. Uh, I, I think you 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 saw the the, the, the pictures we we, mm -hmm. we showed in the in the comment. Sure, we I, I think um, um for the gameplay we made we made decisions and sometimes hard decisions. But for for the artistic part we are uh, we are very very um, happy because it fits exactly the 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 the, the, the style of the franchise and and it's both modern and respectful, and it was not easy, but when we showed um, and the, the, the pictures to, to former Kronos members, they all said, oh, it's exactly what a fear effect would uh, have been if it was released today. So, uh, yeah, we're very happy with the, with, with the art we, we, we have. And we recruit uh, a character designer just for this project, in fact. Mm, that's good to hear. Uh, and... Um well, we're getting low on time, so just a couple more questions here. Um, uh, you know, one of our colleagues has to go to work soon, so. Uh, in regards to um, after the campaign, I, I, I've seen this question bandied about, and, you know, provided you're successful, will you be, like, having a play, uh, PayPal thing afterwards? Um, that's something we're thinking about. I, we don't know because um, you know um, Square Enix is a publisher. So uh, if we if we sell every copy of the game without them in the in the in the loop, I, I think it's going to be difficult. So we will we will see. But uh, honestly, if you want to support the game, I think it's it's uh, it's the time now. Uh, waiting is not a good option, uh, honestly. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and. Uh, for the record, um, one of our staff has uh, contributed to the Kickstarter. Yeah. Uh, but and um, uh, what is Square Enix's role in this whole uh, affair? Um, how are they helping out with the Kickstarter? Um, they're making exactly the same thing uh, they're, they're doing for, for every collective campaign. Um, they have, uh, you know, uh, mailings, 
press release, um, uh, social networks. Um, they are supporting us in terms of communication. Um, that's for the Kickstarter campaign. And after the Kickstarter campaign, uh, they are going to um, publish the game, uh, to produce the game, uh, and just like they did for Goetia to, to uh, make the QA localization, uh, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Hmm. Okay, that sounds about right. And um, I think we're good. Uh, you know, it's, um, uh, unless there's anything my colleagues want to ask at this point. I think I've asked most of the stuff I wanted to. Yeah, I think everything I was going to ask was already covered. So. All right. Uh, Ogre, anything you want to add? Nope, I'm pretty good. All right. Um, well, uh, thank you both for stopping by. Thank uh, you for your thank time. You. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll be a copy of this MP3 when it's well when it's in MP3 form. So it, cool. It'll be okay. ready this afternoon. You know, and, okay. Uh, you can use that in your promotions. You know. And uh, you know, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to be with us for about an hour and a half now. <laughs> you know. Yeah, already. Uh, and uh, like I said, um, the game is Fear Effect Sedna. It's on Kickstarter right now. Um, it's got 10 days to go at uh, current recording time. Uh, it's at about 70% of its funding goal. Uh, and we'll see in about a week and a half if it's uh, going to become uh, a living project or not. And, you know, I, I hope, you know, if it, it does become a reality that you will come back on the program uh, to talk about the game, uh, you know, the actual game, like when it's re uh, near release. Sure, yeah. sure. All right. Um, all right, so that'll about do it for this installment of Fragments of Silicon. Uh, be sure to join us at a special time. Uh, we will not be having a Wednesday show. Uh, instead, we will be on Friday at 9 o'clock, and our guest will be, uh, well, uh, Jean Zerplatern of Nintanic, and also the writer of Fear Effect uh, 1 and co-writer on Fear Effect Sedna here. Yeah. Do, no. do tune in Wednesday for Moonhawk Studios, though, unless we now and then tell you that it isn't, because seriously, yeah. who knows? Yeah, I'm like, assume that it's happening until we say it doesn't. You know, yes. And also, be sure to tune in on Sunday at uh, 8.35 for a review of uh, Goetia. Cool. Yeah. I hope the review is going to be good. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, I'll send, you a I'll send you a copy of that when it's uh, ready. Cool. Thank all you. Right. All right. Until uh, next time, I wish you all good gaming. Thank you very much. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.